Oh yeah, ladies, this is the last podcast episode of 2021. Woo freaking who. I am really excited. I'm excited for what's to come in the new year for you, for me, for our world, for our planet. I'm excited for the new things that are coming down the pipe in our podcasts and our, in our, in our offerings and everything we're offering to the world. Um, I just want you to put your happy face on. I want you to find a piece of hope inside your heart. I want you to giggle and jump up and down and do cartwheels and have a little fun and set your intention for 2022. It's coming, it'll be here in a few days, and you have the opportunity to claim what it is that you desire to have in your life. All right, so I just thought this was the perfect opportunity to release this podcast. This is an interview of a lady named Vicki Zarkin. Vicki is, um, man, she might be one of the strongest women I know. She has risen up, she has taken control, she has persevered through battling the most aggressive form of breast cancer that we know of on our planet. She is the only person on this planet with it and she's still battling it, but she's lived 11 years longer than they, she was told she was gonna live. And so um, this woman is the pinnacle of what it takes to step up and call your own shots and make life happen for you rather the, than succumbing to, to being a victim of it. All right. Uh, I just am really thrilled to share this with you because it's so inspiring to hear her story. You know, we we can very easily get caught up in, oh, oh me and victimhood and life doesn't happen. Um, you know, for me, it's like I'm always struggling like that can be your story and it doesn't have to be your story. And Vicki is a, an, an incredible example of that. Um, on a side note, I do want to just give you a heads up to uh, keep your eyes open for a new thumbnail. We're going to have um, a new thumbnail come out. I'm also changing up the podcast a little bit. I'm going to be doing more solo casts. I've gotten some feedback that people really love to hear my solo casts, and I haven't been doing a lot of those. I've mostly been doing interviews. So we're going to uh, close down um, or, or minimize the interviews that we're doing on there. You'll hear me solo casting probably every other week and you hear in an interview every other week. So you're going to get a good variety. Uh, we are going to get a little bit more selective with the people that we're interviewing. Uh, I really want to stay tuned more to the biohacking and uh, geared towards women kind of uh, conversations. So if you know someone in the biohacking world who you'd like to have on our show, definitely get them connected with us and we'll see where that goes. Um, otherwise, you know, get ready for a wonderful 2022. In this world, we are going to be, you're going to see it happen all around you. It's not just you and it's not just me. It's going to be happening all around you. People are waking up. People are uh, coming to understand themselves in a deeper way. People are learning to witness the impact that they're having on the planet, on it, their relationships, on their own health, on their own well-being, and the well-being of others. And so, as we all wake up together, there was there's a, a a rise of the frequency of the vibration of the energetics of our planet, and we're in the midst of that transformation right now. And yeah, we can we can struggle against it. We can be a victim of it, or we can rise with it. We can take action that allows us to become a part of the wave of life that is moving through right now so that we can help others rise up as well. And you know, that's what this whole podcast is about anyway. Um, you know, I just want to re remind you that we have functional health and we have 
quantum functional health and, and what I do, I'm a quantum functional health practitioner. And so, yeah, yeah, we definitely want to personalize protocols to make sure that the supplements we're taking are specific for our body based on our labs. And we want to address the neuroemotional and energetic aspects of our own healing, because if we don't address that, there's always this undercurrent, this toe that's trying to pull us under and back into the old paradigm and back into the old story and back into the victimization, back into the, I can't, I'm not capable, I'm too old, whatever your story is, right? And so when we can actually address the energetics, which is the blueprint of the physical experience you're having. When we can shift the energetics, shift the blueprint, then we can shift the physical reality. And so as you're listening to this, I want you to really take that into consideration. Like listen to her story. What is it that is relatable to me and my story? Where am I holding myself back? And where am I allowing myself to rise up even more in the coming new year? All right, enjoy the show. You are listening to The Ultimate Biohack for Women, a movement of women who know what they want, and go get it. You know the answers lie within. Reach in and grab hold. This is a movement, a movement of women who tune in and turn themselves on. Now you're biohacking a woman's way, integrating the art and science of hacking your biology like a woman. Tap your magic, conjure your yes, upgrade, elevate, maximize your potential. I'm Dr. Brandy Victory, and this is a movement, a movement that is sure to hack your soul. This show is brought to you with your New Year's resolutions in mind. We're giving $50 off the Perium 30-Day Ultimate Life Transformation. It's a rocking system. You do it on your own, on your own time. You don't need anybody to help you, although I recommend getting a friend or a family member to do it with you, and go all in for yourself. This is an organic, vegan high quality, potent superfoods. It's got all the supplements. It's all inclusive with everything you need in it beyond your food uh, to transform your lifestyle for more energy, better digestion, deeper sleep, and detoxify your systems. So get ready to set yourself up for a healthy lifestyle in 2022. You get $50 off, click the link below and get started today. Ladies, this is Dr. Brandy Victory, your host for the Ultimate Biohack for Women. I am really excited to bring you a woman who has so such a grand story. Like this story that you're about to hear is one we haven't had. We've had some stories similar, but not nearly as profound is what you're about to hear. You're about to hear from Vicki Zarkin. She's the only person alive with an aggressive form of stage four metastatic cancer. She was told over 11 years ago to get her affairs in order and go home. And at the time she had two small children at home and she really wanted to raise her children. So they gave her something to live for. And here she is 11 years later, still in the process of, of making it happen for herself to live a life she loves. And to now as her children have grown, she's become a beacon of hope as a national motivational speaker, a coach, an author, and she inspires women to change. And I am really blessed and excited to have you here, Vicki. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to like give my two cents. I want you to just kind of jump in and tell us a little bit about this journey you've been on. Cause I know we have other women who are listening, who have touched some of these areas that you've, you've obviously kind of brought some sort of life mastery to. Well, I will say up front, 
um, <clears throat> I am all about helping women. It is my mission. I made a promise to God that I would do that. So if there's anybody listening here today that does need help, they should get in touch with you or get in touch with me at, <clears throat> at I am the one.com. Um, uh, let me just say that in answer to your uh, first question. Um, so, and feel free to jump in anytime you want. I'm okay being interrupted. So, okay. uh, <laughs> so I'm just going to say hello, everybody, and reintroduce myself, Vicki Zarkin. Um, I reside here in uh, the state of Pennsylvania, our fine capital, Harrisburg. And um, I, uh, you know, I'm just kind of like, you know, your regular everyday soccer mom. And uh, that, you know, just I work with worked with my husband, raising my kids and, you know, just um, living my life, you know, uh, just like a normal person. And um, I got this um, call that I had the bad mammogram and was told right off the bat, Vicki, we know you have breast cancer. And so um, to me, I was like, OK. I can take this, you know, breast cancer is curable, right? So um, let's get going. Let's do, let's do what we got to do. So I went to Johns Hopkins, which is about a two hour drive from me. And I went through a grueling amount of tests. I mean, it took them like six weeks. And you have to understand, I had two small children at home and my mother, <coughs> excuse me, my husband and I were driving back and forth and back and forth like every day for six weeks. Wow. And so finally they um, said, okay, we've got the answers that we need. We are um, recommending like the best oncologist we have in, in all of the hospital. And um, he's going to give you your next step, your treatment plans. So we go into this small medical operatory and um, the oncologist is talking and he's saying, I don't know what, you know, it's just getting a little overwhelming. And it, in my book, I liken it to like, you know, the peanuts teacher. That's what it sounded like for you. I mean, yeah. He was just <clears throat> going on and on and on about all this stuff that like, I just had no clue what he was talking about. And bear in mind, I have no, um, I really have no, knowledge at this point about cancer. I had nobody in my family that had cancer. Mm. I'm the only one that has gotten it now. And I really didn't have a lot of um, information coming into this meeting. So you know how like you hear something and then like your mind re rewinds and you go, what, what was that? You know, that kind of a mm. thing. And so as he's talking, I did, he's like sort of stopped and I in my mind, I'm rewinding and I'm like, he just told me to go home and die. Like, what the heck? So what he said was, I have consulted with all of the professionals and medical staff here at Johns Hopkins. And we are all in agreement that Vicki, there is nothing that we can do for you. I'm terribly sorry. I recommend you go home and get your affairs in order. And oh. that's how it was said. Oh, man. And that's a hard thing to take. It was like, I mean, I was gobsmacked. My mother and my husband were to my left. They were crying. And I was just stunned. And then 
I snapped. The Vicky, yeah, I mean, I did. I, I mean, like it was like out of some kind of, you know, horror book or whatever, but I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't know how you put it, but the Vicky that walked in the room that day died like that. And the one that you're speaking to today emerged. And I know that sounds crazy. That's what happened because the old me was not strong enough to do what needed to be done. Wow. And so I came and when I came in, I came in like a storm. I leapt across the room, grabbed the doctor by like the shirt collar in his neck and pulled him in really, really close. <laughs> yeah, because he wasn't looking at me. He was like an Autobot. And I needed him to see me for the person that I was. And so I pulled him in really close. And I said, quite frankly, I don't care what you cut off me. I don't care what you stick in me. I don't care what you do to me. I'm going to be the one. I'm going to make it. I'm a mom. I mean, I was furious. Wow. What do you mean go home and die? There is no way I'm a, I give up. No way. And there was no way anyone I was going to let anybody raise my children but me <laughs> I might have been a little controlling <laughs> <laughs> but you know when I realized I had my hands around somebody which you know I've never done before in my life mind you I backed off and I thought oh my god he's calling security now what have I done and the room was really silent and it seemed like it was forever, you know, again, the, that same kind of a feeling, but I'm sure that it was not. I mean, if anything, maybe a minute yeah. and that would have been long. But um, finally, he looked up and he looked at me for the first time. Wow. And he, yeah. And he said, OK, how about we try chemo? And he mentioned a cocktail and said, um, but I can't promise anything. We'll have to see how you do. But is that okay with you? <laughs> he said. And I said, okay. Wow. Okay. Now, the thing is, my mind at this point is going, blah, 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 blah. I'm like already in fight mode. I mean, I wasn't like, oh, I wasn't really crying. I wasn't, oh, why me? Oh, this, oh, that. I don't think I ever once said it, to be honest with you. And I'm not saying that because I'm like, you know, oh, this awesome person. It's just that I immediately went into, okay, I can't worry about that now. I don't have time to be sad. I've got a job to do. Mm. I mean, I'm a mom. These kids are counting on me. And I mean, I immediately went into fight mode. And so I knew when he said, that he would start me with chemotherapy, that was just going to buy me time. Because in, in all actuality, I was totally riddled in cancer. He had a right to say all the things that he said. I mean, it was in my neck. It was in my esophagus. It was all through my chest cavity, my mammary gland. It was in the left ventricle of my heart, the mm -hmm. left lung, all wrapped around my breast, totally choking out my nipple. 30 or more <coughs> lymph nodes were removed. I mean, I was <coughs> riddled in cancer. So what I knew, I was going to have to hit the ground running and start to research. 
And by him allowing me to do this chemo, it bought me some time. Because you see, even if I did well with the chemo, I was going to die of congestive heart failure long before I would die of the cancer because the medications and the radiation and the chemotherapy treatments that I were getting was in order to eradicate the cancer in my heart and my lung, the two vital organs, um, they would be damaged beyond repair. Wow. So that was going to be my downfall. I mean, there was just, you know, I was boxed in. So um, I started, you know, really researching. Um, and in the meantime, I got my chemo and I mean, I kicked its butt. Um, I mean, you know, like I said, cancer had been riddled through my, throughout my body. And I think, you know, sometimes that positive attitude or that, you know, take no prisoners <laughs> attitude that I had, um, you know, the, uh, the tumors shrunk a lot, like 98%. I mean, it was unheard of. He'd never, ever seen anything like it. And from there, I was able to go on to um, a radical mastectomy then. So he said I could go into the next phase. Now here is, here now is the issue. The standard radiation treatment that everybody gets, <clears throat> you know, all the breast cancer patients get all probably 80% of anybody that needs radiation gets photon radiation. Okay. And photon radiation is um, a big blast. Okay. And what it does is it enters your front and it goes all the way through your back. There's no controlling it. It's Ugh. a huge blast of radiation and there's scatter everywhere. So, I mean, it could have hit, you know, my facial structure. It could have hit any um, organ. It just, there's no controlling it. Okay. But it does its job. It kills everything in its wake kind of a thing. But in my case, because I had vital organs involved, that was going to be um, detrimental for me. So I explored getting proton radiation. Proton radiation, <clears throat> even though it's been around quite a long time, when I um, explored it, there was only seven um, facilities in the country. Now there's quite uh, quite a bit more, but it was very limited. And um, for all us women out there, um, proton radiation was um, making a big business, uh, making big money uh, doing, um, I like to call it man parts versus women parts. They okay. found it very, very important that they were going to um, use this for prostate cancer because <coughs> proton, I mean, proton radiation, excuse me, um, is a pinpoint radiation. So it, it can be, it can stop whenever you want. It can be controlled. It can go around. It can be manipulated. It's a much different um, delivery uh, system of, of radiation. So, so just for clarifications purposes, please. proton is proton radiation is just kind of blast the whole area. 
That's photon. That's photon. Okay. And then proton radiation is more controlled. What I like to call it is proton is a pinpoint radiation. Ah. Photon is a blast and scatter. Photon blast and scatter. Got it. Thank you. Radiation. Okay. So, um, so initially proton is used, as I mentioned, for prostate cancer and for brain cancer, because those are small areas and they're um, what that radiation was really designed for. But it's not considered experimental. It's been around for many, many years, (coughs) but it was never done (coughs) for anyone with breast cancer and pretty much hasn't been done really today, 11 years later, which is the crazy thing. Um, but it, it would never be done. Most people that have breast cancer too, weren't as sick as me. I mean, didn't have such a, a wide area. So my area, you know, was huge. So I needed to find a doctor that I could talk into, Uh. (laughs) um, doing the procedure because nobody wants to, wanted to do the procedure. There's, they weren't going to make any money. Oh, got it. Uh, I mean, that's what it comes down to. You just weren't going to make any money because the hours, um, proton radiation needs to be um, pre-mapped. So there's hours and hours and hours of mapping, which is extremely technical. Then there's hours of molds and all kinds of, you know, plaster of Paris stuff that you have to do, like from, like similar to that they do in the horror films. Wow. And, you know, and then you have to have CT scans and MRIs every single day while you're doing it. And it's, it's, it's a huge ordeal. The um, proton radiation facilities usually will take up city blocks. So that's why Johns Hopkins um, was not able to get proton radiation because being in uh, the city of Baltimore, real estate was hard to come by. Wow. You know, so like in New York, you know, they build up but there's no room for building out. And a, um, a proton facility needs to be grounded. Um, and it's, like I said, it's easily a city block or more. Um, but I, I, I did, you know, being the persuasive person that I, I am, I don't know if you've caught on to that yet or not. Um, I was able to, um, get a doctor in Indiana who worked with a university hospital. So it made it, their monies were a little different for a university versus um, mainstream hospitals. And um, he, he, it took him 200 hours to map my, my area. And then I went there and I stayed there for about four months and um, I had to have the treatment every day. My but, but, you know, that was my saving grace because it saved my heart and it saved my lung. I only had 5% damage to my lung and I think 2% to my heart. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And so, as I understand, you still go monthly for these same treatments. I go monthly, not for radiation. I go, excuse me. I go monthly for chemotherapy. chemotherapy. Okay. The type of excuse me, I just have a cough. The type of cancer that I have is um, so aggressive that just to give you an idea, okay, I was um, somebody that was getting mammograms on a regular basis. 
Okay. Because um, when I was 23, I had a benign lump, nothing really at all to do with what I had to, what I have today, no connection or anything, but those were the days they really cared about women's health and there was money um, from insurance companies. So I got um, a, a mammogram every year just to make sure I was okay. So I had been getting them since I was 23. So, and I was very cystic. So, you know, it was when they told me I had cancer, it was like almost I didn't believe them because it was just like, you know, how many times have you said I had pre this or that or, you know, from all the mess and stuff. But irregardless, um, what I had is because I was getting all those mammograms, I had um, a history of, of, you know, of, of x-rays and literally the year before I was clean. Wow. The year before I was clean. And a year later, when I got that mammogram, it was bloody everywhere. Everywhere. That is how aggressive my form of cancer is. So if I were to go off of this maintenance as a test or something like that to see if it will by the time we found out, I would be riddled in cancer again. My goodness. Wow. Okay. So you've been I doing. I just can't take a chance. Yeah. So you've been doing this monthly chemotherapy. Monthly, because it, what it's doing is it keeps it quiet or yeah. at bay. I always liken it to like some kind of cinder block hanging over my head, you know, and there's like, you know, a, a hand holding that cinder block up. You remove the hand, the cinder block comes crashing down. Sure, and sure. that's and that's kind of a visual to give you an idea of how quickly you it'll envelop it my body. Yeah, and so from all of this, you've written a book. You've become a motivational speaker. You yes. have a movement going. I think what it, I do have a movement. That is correct. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. That I call that and play on words here. Lunge for healthcare, um, and um, you know it's interesting <clears throat> because when I um, started writing my book. I didn't realize, but I had no recollection of what I had done or had gone through or all the things that I personally did to save my life. Mm. I had, and I didn't realize that I had no recollection. I mean, I remembered the beginning, you know, the go home and die, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Cause you know, how can you forget that? Yeah. And, but I remember nothing of what I did after that. So writing the book was not only difficult, I mean, very, very difficult, but it was also healing and cathartic. And um, when I completed it, I was, you know, different because um, I just had no idea what I had done. And I just still couldn't believe I did some of the things that I did along the way. I've given you a very short synopsis, of course, you know? of course. Um, but there was so many things that I did and, and doctors that, that, you know, other doctors that told me no. And, um, you know, that I really had to fight for myself. I had to learn to be my own advocate. I had to figure out how the insurance was going to pay for all this because they didn't want to, they thought it was experimental which it was not experimental. It had been around for many, many years. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and every day still, you know, you, you got to imagine because I'm still getting treatment and so forth. I still have uh, insurance battles. 
I still get doctors that are telling me, okay, you know, no, we're not going to do this for you or, or no, you're wrong about this or, or what, you know, every day is a fight. I, I say that it is not easy living in my shoes. Mm. I mean, on the outside, I appear fine. Sure. Because I work really, really hard on that. So I wouldn't scare my children because they had a hard time with it at the beginning. And so I worked really hard to um, keep myself looking good. But the fact is, my body's totally broken down inside. And um, everything hurts. And I'm in pain all the time. Mm -hmm. Constant pain. I have rheumatoid arthritis. I have sarcoidosis of the lung. I have osteoporosis. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Because being on chemotherapy for such a long period of time takes its toll. Sure. You know, there's no gift. Yeah. You know, you got to work for everything that you're going to get. Yeah, no joke. And and I'm working to live. So, um, you know, when the stakes are that high, the penalties are really high. Yeah. So it's hard being me. Mm. It's really hard being me. You know, I liken it to I get up every morning, I run up a hill. Night falls. I go to sleep, then I get up in the morning and I start all over again. I start running up that hill every day, all day, every single day. And, you know, you'd think you'd get tired of it and say, why are you keep doing it? Yeah. You know, let go already. And that's why I have this promise. You see, I remembered when I was writing the book that I made a promise to God. And I said, if you could allow me to raise my children, I would help women. I would help women. And I got to raise my children. And that was the greatest, greatest gift I've ever been given. Oh, that's amazing. It was my best job I've ever had. And I loved every minute of it. And I was grateful every day to be able to do it. And so now, as we said at the beginning that my youngest has left the nest, I needed purpose because I didn't believe I was enough. And my purpose was my promise to God Mm. because nobody messes with promises to God. At least I don't. Sure. (laughs) I keep my promise all my promises. And I'm certainly going to keep a promise that I made to God. Yeah. And so that's how Lunge for Healthcare was born. Because I had, you know, I had the book, you know, to help women. I, um, I teach a, a course that um, people can take on Zoom. It's a six week course called, um, what am I, what do I call it? Um, there's more to cancer than the diagnosis, which mm. arms you with everything that you need to, so that you cannot fall into the pit of problems that I fell into. So, I mean, it's very difficult to survive something like this and then putting in all these stressors with the insurance companies and money and bankrupting your family and all kinds of those stresses. How can you possibly go into treatment and say positivity, you know, when you you think that you've just been the ruin of your family? Yeah. 
Yeah. So this six week course um, is going to alleviate all that. And people are going to be able to go into treatment and all of that, that stuff will be behind them because I'll have given them all the tricks and they can go into um, treatment with full confidence and the full power of positive positiveness from I'm, I'm guessing from a deeper place than just lipstick on a pig. Oh yeah. Yeah. But this, you know, and I'll be teaching several courses, but I'm also keeping the course small so that people can, um, we can have an open discussion and, and things like that. And it's private, you know, so I'm, I keep it to about 10 to 12 people. And at this point I'm, I'm doing all women, but, um, from there, I also do coach. So, you know, if somebody comes into my course needs more, you know, than the course provides, I will, you know, offer myself up, um, as a coach. Um, I try to save everybody money though. The course is a much more cost-effective, you know, so way. This is for people who have cancer and are about to go through treatment. It's well, they are the best people for this course, but quite honestly, loved ones, um, mm-hmm good friends, you know, that are taking care of or, or have somebody that are ill should take my course. So they have a better understanding. They can be a better friend, a better caregiver, nurses and hospital staff should take my course. You know, these people, you know, there's no course like I teach out there, which, which I couldn't believe. I mean, and I'm just somebody that's had all the problems. It's just trying to pay it forward. I just can't believe there's not more people doing that. But, you know, cancer is an exhausting thing. So if somebody goes into remission, they're probably happy to put it behind them. Yes, ma'am. You know, but, it. are you yeah. familiar with uh, Terry, Tara Galliano? Do you know her? Uh, it sounds familiar to me. She sounds, yeah. Yeah, she's actually, she's from the Boulder area. She's now on the West Coast, but she, she, it might be someone really great. I might want one, you might want an introduction to. She, I would love um, that. Yeah, she teaches so much. Yeah, for sure. For sure. She's worked a lot with women who've gone through uh, breast cancer and mastectomies and things like that about helping them uh, become back to loving their body. And it just seems like such a great collaboration there. Uh, we could probably learn a lot from each other. I would love to talk to her. Sounds like it. Yeah. I want to, <coughs> I need all the help I can get for lunge for healthcare. I mean, and what's, you know, the, what's the vision for lunge for healthcare? I hear you have this course, but I'm not quite sure what the, that's an excellent idea. It's, it's a different type of vision, you know, because I want to try to spread everything so that I can help as many people as I can. So um, lunge for healthcare, I felt like if you want something to catch fire and you want to catch attention and you want your movement to grow, ultimately, I'd like to take this movement globally. So in order to do that, um, it is my belief that you have to keep it simple, at least up front until you catch fire. And my premise for Lunge for Healthcare is very simple. There's no reason why everybody should not want to get on board and help this movement. First, I'm starting and I'm concentrating on two parts. One, the movement encourages women to advocate for themselves and 
find their own instincts when it comes to their own health care. Very important. Tapping into those instincts is not as easy as it sounds. And that, but it's a very simple question to ask. So that's number one. The other half of that is I'm asking all the doctors, listen first, diagnose second. Just by teaching women to follow their instincts and doctors to listen, two things. I know, because I've crunched the numbers, I know that we could save millions of insurance dollars because we will be saving a lot of, we would be not eliminating, but we would be cutting back on surgical procedures, pill popping. I mean, just by listening to each other, instead of going into an automatic, okay, let's cut. Okay, let me give you this pill. Okay, let's move forward with this aggressive treatment. If we listened first, we might find that they need far less or the problem is something totally different or we can catch a problem much earlier than originally would have been detected Hmm. if we just talk to each other. So that's um, the premise behind the movement. And then ultimately, um, you know, if we save millions of dollars in insurance monies, why can't we politely ask the insurance companies to give us back our um, female uh, insurance dollars that are being um, wasted away? Like we can't even get a mammogram anymore before we're 50 years old. Used to be 40. That's a 10 year difference. Interesting. I want my mammograms back. You know, so these are things that can make a real change for women. So I'm curious, I do have a question for you and I don't know if you've considered it or not. I'm just curious because you had such an aggressive form of cancer. Mm -hmm. Like it seems like the mammogram was vital to finding that. It was. And I typically will tell people to do thermography before mammogram. And I'm just curious if that would have even revealed what's, um, what's going I on. Had, I was so riddled in cancer. Um, the ultrasound I did as well. And that, um, I mean, it showed up. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the mammogram is where you can see the real depth of everything. I would never um, not recommend mammograms. I think that they can detect, even if there's a suspicious spot there, then you can take it to ultrasound and get like ultrasound is almost like a second opinion, you know? Okay. Was the spot really there or was it, you know, an anomaly? Um, But you really almost need the two combined to get a real diagnosis. Got it. You can't do one without the other. Yeah. Hmm. So what you're suggesting to women isn't wrong. It's just might not be enough. That's all. Yeah. That's the thing, especially when it comes to something like you have, right? Right, right, right. But you know, if you put the cart before the horse and you do, um, ultrasound and you see something suspicious, so go ahead and do a mammogram then as well. Right. That's what I was thinking next. (laughs) So it's not, it's not really wrong what you're saying. 
Look, you know, the thing is, nothing's wrong if we're doing something. What's wrong is putting our head in the sand. Uh, I like that. That's so true. Yeah. So you're not suggesting, I don't want you to feel like, you know, I've just schooled you today. That's not what I'm about. Oh, no, no, no. I know. You are right too. You know, and everybody's different. And, you know, I just want us all to, to be diligent. That's all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Because it's something that's curable. Yeah. Not everybody's going to be like me. It's true. It's true. And more and more people are recovering from cancer today than they ever have. So yes, it used to be like, you know, honestly true, but for women, (laughs) they've cut back on a lot of our dollars, you know, Mm -hmm. COVID has been an issue and, um, you know, they heart disease and, um, you know, a lot of dollars are still in AIDS and things like that. And so we need to get some dollars back for us. Mm, so that's what your goal is, is to help that. Yeah. Process. I mean, and that's a real, I can really af- affect long-term change with insurance change. Okay. So, I mean, I see that's this. A thing to say, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, I think preventative medicine is way cheaper. Of course, I agree, <laughs> but it certainly yeah. doesn't make near as much money for the pharmaceutical companies, which right. runs our government. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> and you know what? They have plenty of money. It's not like they're still not going to make a fair amount of money right. in the economy as a whole. It's just maybe they won't monopolize it. Yeah, that's that's you know, great. And so I mean, maybe that has to end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A change definitely needs to happen. I mean, the system's broken. Yeah. Um, so the course that you were talking about, does that, is that the course that coincides with the book you wrote? It, it does. Yes. Okay. Because okay. when I was writing the book, I realized I taught myself all these cool things. <sighs> I, I taught myself a, a whole exercise program. I made up out of thin air. I made up a whole, um, um, what do you call, um, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Sometimes with all the chemo, I get words stuck in my mouth, but you know, the, the breathing, um, uh, you know, and, and so forth. Like I never so much as did yoga before I got sick. Oh, wow. And now I'm teaching myself breathing techniques, like out of nowhere, like, where does this come from? But I was desperate to save myself. And I had a doctor that was a little overzealous with painkillers. And I was like, what mm. do I do this for? I want to like be you know, there to help with my kids with my homework, you know, I'm not dead yet. What the heck? And, you know, when I asked about the painkillers, they did say, who cares? Your terminal, take them. Oh man. That's what they said. Wow. That's, oh, and, and guess what I did then? I dumped <laughs> them all in the toilet and never took another one again. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I taught myself how to breathe. Wow. Good for you. Good for you. So I'm curious. I I think this, this is a real big curiosity. If you like could chalk it up to one answer and I know it's so many, but what Mm -hmm. has been the biggest takeaway? I mean, if we're looking at every, every experience from my perspective, every experience is an opportunity to learn and grow. Right. And and it's it's challenging and it's painful and it hurts and it's not always fun. And there's this other piece to it. Right. So what, what's your biggest takeaway from your experience been, you know, 
my biggest takeaway, I think I could say, I like the cancer me better than the old me. Oh my gosh. You just gave me chills on my whole body. That's amazing. Cancer or not. I like me so much better now. I don't sweat the small stuff. You don't sweat the little things. I don't care as much about what people think of me all the time. I'm not shy. I'm not reserved. I was a fun mom with my kids. I was able to let it loose and not care about what any, what my surroundings were. You know, you're built in with that kind of, um, I mean, most people are at least that, ooh, they're looking at me. Ooh, what's going on over here? I don't see right. I don't see left. I just do. I go, I plow forward. And if, and that is a precious thing. Mm. And I taught my kids, it doesn't matter what other people think and just let loose. And so if their mother was being silly in front of hundreds of people and didn't care, they would pretend, you know, as teenagers, oh my God, oh my God. But they were getting it. That's cool. You know, they were getting it. They were getting that it's not, it's, it's holds you back. That's amazing. It, it holds you back. That's amazing. What a great gift to give to your kids. I and what a great gift you're giving to women now, right? Oh, thank you. So yeah, totally. Um, yeah. I just to want to help as many as I can. I really it's do. obvious. Yeah, it's obvious. And to have the courage and the strength and the will and the perseverance and the fight to not only stand up for yourself, but to stand up for your kids and now to stand up for women and now stand up for our nation <laughs> with um, your vision for your movement here. Uh, that's, that's really big work. So thank you for being here. Thank you for what you're sharing. And okay. can you tell people where they can find you? Um, my email address <coughs> is I am the one dot Vicky, which is V I K I at gmail.com. My website is IamTheOne.com, very easy. And uh, so you can reach me at either um, my email address or my website. And I think my email address is on my website. So IamTheOne.com is easy to remember. And, um, you know, you can buy my book on my website. You can buy that exercise video I was talking about. You can sign up for the movement. I've got, I'm doing a whole new um, website with the board of directors and everything for the movement. So I can use all the help and advice and anything I'm willing to get from, you know, anybody that wants to, to help me. Um, well, I need help, <laughs> um, you know, and of course my course and all of that you can sign up for and take, it's all on the website. That's so beautiful. And I'll put all those links in the show notes below. So if you want to just you. click on those links and, you know, reach out to Vicki, she's there for you. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with today? No, I just hope that, um, you know, that we've helped somebody today, even if it was one person. And mm -hmm. if, you know, you need help, please just reach out to me. Mm -hmm. um, I just, that's all I want to do. I don't, I don't want to be the only one standing anymore. Mm. I had, I had the benefit of raising my children and other women have the right to tuck their kids in bed as I did. And I'm determined to make that happen. Mm. Mm. Amen. Thank you so much for 
for that. And uh, my pleasure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to have you. And I look forward to our continued conversation. And have too. a happy holiday. Oh, thank you. Happy holidays to everybody. Yes. Okay. <laughs> thank awesome. you. Yeah. Thank you so well. much. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, so hopefully now more than ever, you're inspired to do something for your own health and well-being. Yeah, mate, you want more energy. You want to lose a little weight. You want to sleep better. You want your digestion to be better. The Purium Ultimate Life Transformation will help with all of those things. Most people who do this program, I mean most, like I would say 98%, have great success with it. And you can get $50 off by clicking the link below. Say yes to yourself. Get $50 off, start your 2022 in the right way for your own well-being and create a lifestyle that's sustainable around your health. Yes. Thank you for listening to the ultimate biohack for women. If you'd like to dive deeper with our tribe, join us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you'd like to help grow our tribe, share this episode with your friends. Let's bring this light to our community so that other women can know their true power and we can create a tribe together worth being in. This podcast is for information purposes only. Dr. Brandy Victory is not a medical doctor. And the views and statements expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Dr. Brandy Victory and the producers, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.